Next up is the case of White versus Allen. The Honorable Judge Beauregard Tobacco is presiding. All rise for the judge. Thank you, Bailey. Be seated. The case of Mr. White versus Mr. Allen. Gonna try and make this go as quickly as possible. Begin with the opening statements. Statement for the prosecution, Matt Roma. Thank you, Judge. Uh, start out, Jordan D. White uh, suing this guy because he stole his show ideas. They're real close. Jordan did them first because he put them on the internet. And there's a date when he put each one up on the internet, so we know when they're from. Frank Allen stole everything. He didn't put it on the internet. He's a thief. He should pay money. That's the argument. All right. Thank you for uh, saving our time with that one. Statement for the defense. Barrett Millay, Esquire, lawyer. Thank you. Thanks for recognizing I'm a lawyer. I'm definitely a lawyer. I know the law. If you're using something different, then the first thing is not illegal. Frank Allen calls the shows different names. It's a debate show. Other people have had debate shows. This one has a different name. Other people have reading to retarded people shows. Has a different name. So he's not copied. He shouldn't have to pay anything. The end. I'm a lawyer. I know these things. Thank you. Well, let's get on to the cross-examinations. Mr. Roma, anybody you'd like to call to the stand? I'd like to call Jordan D. White up to the witness box. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, all you got? Uh, I don't really believe in God. Yeah, just do it. Okay, yeah, yes, I do. All right. Uh, you're a creative person? Yes, I am. All right, I'd like you to prove it, um... Sing a song or something. Uh, okay, I've got a ukulele here, so... Uh, Perfect. Okay. Uh, just, uh, here's one, uh, here's one I, I played uh, on the podcast that I do uh, 100 episodes ago, so... I know that when your birthday is here, it is the big chance you've been waiting for all year, and... I know that when your party's begun, I'll be the first one there in my presence, the biggest one. But even though I'm always right by your punch bowl, I'm not the one whose entrance warrants a drum roll. I don't like when you're looking at him, you get this big, fat, stupid look and eat at your grin I know that longing look in your eyes, saying if he don't know, doesn't mean you can't fantasize. But when the lights off and they bring out dessert, Dan, you pause and smile and my heart won't stop hurting. Happy birthday, come on, blow out the candles. You're taking too long deciding what wish to make. Happy birthday, come on, blow out the candles Before the wax strips down and ruins the cake Because nobody likes eating those wax strips Go on and do it, we all know what your wish is Blow out the candles I go to you, a card in my hand But you say, wish me luck and head over where he stands And you go to him and smile and clap While I'm just standing here in my conical party hat If only I said out loud how I feel for you But Hallmark says it's so much better than I do I know you want us just to be friends But how could you ask him to help me when this all ends And I can't believe you forgot so soon Who put your streamers up and who helped blow up your balloons Who bought the chips and different soda and brownies It wasn't him, it was me, 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 me Happy birthday, come on, blow out the candles You're taking too long deciding what wish to make Happy birthday, come on, blow out the candles Before the wax strips down and ruins the cake Because nobody likes eating those wax strips Go on and do it, we all know what your wish is 
Nobody likes those rips Blow out the candles All right, uh, the record show. Uh, Mr. White, creative person, made up a whole song. Proves it. Now, uh, this uh, podcast you mentioned, what about that? Uh, well, uh, the podcast is called Cast in Wax. It is the only official podcast of Waxwork.com, which is wax with a hyphen in the middle, work.com. Uh, I host it, and uh, we play uh, lots of original radio serials, or I should say internet serials now, I guess. Audio serials. Original, yeah, right. Shut up, Barrett. Okay. All right, now. Actually, I should object to that. Objection. Sustain. Thank you. Now. Wait, why was he sustained? I don't understand what just happened. I objected to him interrupting. Oh, you obje- I, I'm sorry, I thought he objected to you. Oh, no, I'm right over here. I'm talking. Oh, so I have my eyes closed. I'm nervous. Uh, I'm on your side. It's all right. Okay. So this uh, this podcast, I mean, who's on this with you? Well, it is myself. Jordan E. White is the host, uh, the main host, I should say. I do have two co-hosts. One is uh, my, my, my wonderful gray cat, Mr. Scape White, and uh, a good friend of ours named Rory Sinjin, who uh, is not physically recording uh, in the room with us anymore right now, but he Skypes in from England, uh, and he, uh, he is one of our co-hosts. And we used to have a, a, a fourth co-host... Mr. Frank Allen, right over there. Perfectly positioned to hear everything you were doing. Oh, yeah. He definitely heard everything on the podcast, at least back when he was on it. And you have reason to believe he was paying attention. I do, because he would comment on it. If we if we actually listen to the episodes, uh, you'll hear he does talk about the things that were played on them. All right. So let's, uh, let's admit some of this in evidence. Frank Allen hearing episodes on the podcast. Hey, Frank, did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah, I heard it. All right. Let the record show. He heard it. Now, on a typical podcast, what are some of the segments you might get to or things you might hear in the course of a podcast? If you were going to do one, for instance, on a day like now. Well, uh, typically we would start with a section, recently anyway, we've been starting with a section called Asshole Watch. Uh, and then we, we will usually have an audio letter and we'll play some of the radio serials our good friends in Binghamton send to us, like Slam Jackson and The Diner, for example. And we'll have have a This Day in History and the follow-up Where Are They Now in History by Mr. Rory Sinjin in the middle there. And with some audience uh, listener letters, and then we're out with usually me playing the ukulele again. So this uh, Toll Watch, what's that? Oh, Toll Watch is a segment. Uh, well, it, it, it's a segment we started a long time ago, and we've just brought it back now. Uh, we started it back when Frank Allen had just left the show the first time. Because you see, he inherited a few billion dollars and immediately told us all to... Uh, F-bomb ourselves and left the podcast and we decided he was an asshole so we started a section of the show called asshole watch and then we got rid of it when he came back to the show and we sort of forgave him but then when he left the show again we started a new segment so uh, what would go into a typical asshole uh, watch segment or first we would play the asshole watch theme song which can I oh go ahead can I bring up my cat because he sings the, the song for us oh, Ju- judges that I one? think we can allow cat in the courtroom as long as we uh Provide a litter box. Oh, excellent, excellent. Um, bring in Scapey, bring in Scapey. Hello, everybody, hello, how is everybody doing? Hello, hi, hello, hi, 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 I'm Scapey, hi. Uh, Cat, uh, Scapey. Yeah. You were gonna, uh, perform a song. Thank you, thank you. I will. I'm really good at it. <laughs> Dad, you wanna play your grill? That's, yeah, that's what I was gonna do.
the Let the Record show, based on the song, Frank Allen is an asshole, and he stole all their shows. So what would you say in a typical episode? How would you prove Frank Allen's an asshole? Well, uh, we, we, would, uh, we would talk about the, the shows that he stole uh, from us, for example, because uh, I don't know if you know, but uh, we have a, like I said, we have a podcast, Cast and Wax. He has stolen pretty much every single thing we've ever done on that show. Uh, like I said, we do asshole watch. There's a segment on their show called Douchebag Watch. Where they watch douchebags. And uh, who do they watch on douchebag watch? Well, they've, I mean, I don't know. They've watched Donald Trump. They've watched Rick Perry. They've watched Jerry Springer. They've watched Mr. Rogers. They, I mean, they watch all sorts of different people, but we always focus on the same asshole, which is Frank Allen. Because we think he's a big enough asshole that exploring this one asshole is going to take a long enough time that we can dedicate the whole show to it. And would you say this was a long time ago you started it? Well, like I said, it was, it was years ago. So, uh, yeah. I would say that. And would you say it was longer ago than he started Douchebag Watch? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let the record show it was longer ago. That, yes, it does. Oh, you, you were talking to... Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, I'll, I'll write that down. Are, are you writing it? I thought that guy over there is typing it down. Oh, you know what you got there? All right. But in addition, like, like I said, every single part of our show, all the, we, we've done all these radio serials, and he keeps stealing them. We, we used to have a show called Like Mother. Right. And uh, what, what, what did he steal based on that? Well, he's stolen it like five times. He did a show called Like Father. He did a show called My Mother the Spy. He did a show called The Crazy Killing Mother Hour. He did a show called Love Mother but she's still a little crazy. They were all based on, they were like different aspects of my show spun out into their own show, clearly ripped off from my show. And he's done that for every single one of our serials. Not to mention, well... I think you should follow up on what you just said. Well, I... When he inherited $6 billion, he went off and started his own media conglomerate where he also stole all of our shows. So you're saying there's a history of him stealing shows? There is a history of him stealing shows. Oh, not to mention, ooh, ooh, it makes me so angry. Not what does? He also took credit for my shows because he used to be on my podcast, as I told you, and before that on my radio show, doing a show that I made up called Tractor Fiction and a show that I made up called Debatatorium. And not only has he stolen those ideas to do his shows Proselytism is it real or not, car debate, and the debate on the stage. He also has said that those were his ideas in the first place, which they weren't. They were my ideas in the first place. And uh, can you prove that? Well, I mean, again, he's been on the podcast where we talk about how the show came about. So, yeah, there was an interview with Frank Allen where he said that it was my idea and that he didn't come in until episode two of Tractor Fiction. And am I right in saying Frank Allen never lies? Well, no, he lies a lot. I mean, he lies when he says that it's his idea that the show... But he doesn't, he's not going to lie to unclaim credit for something. He lies only to claim credit for things. Right, unless he's unclaiming credit for something he doesn't like. He, he really liked Tractor Fiction whenever he would hear it. Oh, he liked all your shows, right? Absolutely, he loved them. Okay, so let's, uh, let's hear the clip of him liking the shows. And that was Tractor Fiction. Frank, what'd you think of that? What, how'd you like it? Um, oh, yeah, it was pretty good. Well, that, that proves it right there. Uh, so what other shows do you think Frank has stolen from you? Literally all shows. You name a show, I'll tell you what he ripped off from it. Well, I, I don't listen. But I, I gave you a list before. Okay. Uh, uh, objection, objection. Leading the lawyer. What's leading the lawyer? Is that even really a thing you can object? It means he led the lawyer to ask that question. Overruled. I've, I've never even heard of leading the lawyer. I mean, you have to lead a lawyer before you go to trial. Let, let, let him read from the list. Thank you very much. All right. Um, epic Echoes. Oh, he did the, the Adventures of the Bright Batch back on his old Frank Allen show. And then now he does Science Squad Zero. Exact same thing. He does the Sideways series. Exact same thing. He does the story in reverse. Exact same thing. So what was the what was the, the notion of this show that keep, keeps copying? Well, the, first of all, it was a, a bunch of science heroes. But then the story goes backwards. Each episode was the episode before. And he sort of does that in the story goes backwards. And then in the other ones, it's like a, a variation thereon. He, every single show, he... And even the shows that 
we don't make that friends of ours make and then send to us, he rips those off too. All right, so we've got here uh, Lessons from the Life of Nathan Vanette. Yes, uh, Educating Larry the Loser. He, he does a show called that. I mean, that's clearly the same thing. They're both losers. One's named Larry, one's named Nathan. All right, so what's the what's the theme of this show that he keeps ripping off? A loser learning something. So they came up with the idea of a loser learning something in a show? No, but it's, it's not... Okay, no. Obviously, they based it on a kind of a trope, a traditional trope, but at the same time, first of all, he doesn't actually learn anything. His lessons are always wrong. Second of all, it's it's this is each each individual thing you might be able to excuse, but when they all pile up together, the fact that you know they do educating Larry the Loser at the same time as they're doing Buster Kingston Deadpan Detective, which is just like Slam Jackson Adventurous, and they also do Androids Fighting Werewolves continuously, which is just like Robot Zombies Robot Zombie Hunters. Fi- right again. Right, right. Thank you. Yes. What you said. And the fact that they do... I mean, all of these things adding together show a pattern. You know what I'm saying? A pattern? Right. So there's too many similar things for it to possibly be a coincidence. Correct. Like the Kennedy assassination. Not... No. Because I have a friend who talks about that. His name is Patsy. And he is wrong. But in this case, he would be right. Oh. I don't want you to make me have to say that. Okay. Look. What I'm saying is there's too much to be a coincidence, unlike the Kennedy assassination, because it's more than that. How about that? Okay. So let's go into this, this uh, Buster Kingston deadpan detective. What's that a copy of? That's a copy of Slam Jackson. All right. What, what's the idea that he's copying there? Well, well, again, that's that's a, a kind of a... There's a detective named Slam Jackson, uh, but he's really... Uh, he keeps getting assaulted by different crazy, wacky villains, and he's kind of blasé about the whole thing. So, so they invented the detective getting assaulted by villains. No, but the blasé thing was really the innovation. Here. Okay. And th- that's why the deadpan part is... You see what I'm saying? Right. So that, that clearly... Ripoff and then um, the the werewolf thing. Oh yeah, that's ripoff of Robot Zombie Hunters, right again. Because they're werewolves, it's a lot like zombies. No, they're different. Okay, yes, they're different. Wait a minute, is this the cross examination or? No, I'm I'm trying to draw you out to, to find out all the things he copied. Okay, I had my eyes closed again. They're a lot like zombies, right? Robots and zombies. I mean, werewolves and zombies are not that much alike, but they're both monsters. Well, they're both like horror movie things. No, but it's not about them. It's about the robots. Okay, yeah. So... And the robots and androids are really the similar part. And look it, again, it's just it's a pattern. So, right, right. So let's let's get all all the all the data together because we're trying to show all the things. Okay. Stolen. All right. Well, I just I, I gave you most of it. Can we have to? Can we just oh, submit fine, the list fine. into evidence? Right. And here's the list. And there was uh, Decker and Hayes. Yeah. And uh, scapey stories. Uh, mm. Wait, wait, hold, what? What? It says scapey stories right there. Why? Are you, that's my that's my show. No, you're not. But you're not on the stand. You just came to sing. So go back to your box. No, I don't want to go in the box. Objection. He's letting the cat give evidence. Yeah, well, I'm not. I don't have any evidence, but I have. A box. I don't want to get in it. Well, we're gonna have to put the cat in the box. He's not a human being, and the law don't apply to trolls. Certainly don't apply to cats. Yeah, that's right. So you, so that means you can't tell me what to do, okay? Well, it means you can't testify either. Well, oh, but if I can't testify, then you, then you don't get to hear my secret. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Your, your, your secret? Yeah, I have a secret, but. I guess I, you don't want to hear it. I'm going to go see you later. Wait, wait, wait. What, 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 what's the secret? What, uh, well, I can't, I, I can't tell you because you can't let me testify. No, I'm in the middle of testifying. We're in the, I haven't even been cross-examined yet. Yeah, so I guess I should just go. I, you don't want to well, know about my secret. Well, he has a secret, Mr. White. I well, I, yeah, but isn't there rules about this sort of thing? Well, yeah, but I'm the, I'm the judge. I, if he's got a, a secret. Oh, so you want me to tell it? Well, yeah, what's the secret? Does that mean I don't get to go back in my box ever if I don't want to? Well, I suppose I could make that part of the ruling. Okay, uh, uh, here's my secret. Uh, 
Uh, well, uh, do you know, uh, do you know Frank Allen? Yeah, he's right over there. Um, yeah. Well, he is like, uh, one time, uh, he smelled really bad. Objection! That's irrelevant to this case completely. Yeah, but I, but I, I smelled him. Do you know cat noses? They were very sensitive. And what happened was he was living as a homeless person. So that's why. That's why he smelled. He didn't have any money or place to shower or lick himself at all. All right, explain these concepts of money and homeless. Okay, uh, money is like, money is like, do you know how you do a job? You go, yeah, I do. I'm a lawyer. Are you definitely a lawyer? I am totally a lawyer. Okay, so do you know what happens when you win as a lawyer? Yeah, I win the case and I get money. Yeah, that's money. You just said money. You know it. Oh, but, but, but you have to prove that you understand it to prove your point about Frank Allen. Okay, do you know how you get moist food? Well, yeah. You gotta pay money. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's All right, I mean. so what about homeless? What do you mean by that? Homeless is like, do you know your home? Well, yeah, I, I, well, that's where I go to bed every night. What if you didn't have it? I, I, I would have to find some, a hotel or something. Nope, nowheres. You didn't go to bed anywheres. I get really tired. Yeah, that's what homeless is. All right, I think we've heard enough from this lawyer, Judge. I mean... I could be a lawyer if you want to give me money. No, I'm a lawyer. I think we've heard enough from this cat. Yeah, I, th- I think we better put the cat out. Uh, I can't go out. You said I could do whatever I want. Bailiff, take out the cat. All right. I'm all right, so, Mr. White, we just heard your cat talking. He seemed like he didn't understand a lot of concepts. So what was this show, uh, Scapey Stories? Scapey Stories was when I would tell Scape a, a story, and then he would tell the story to the listeners. So you'd hear the story twice. No, no, you didn't hear me tell it to Scape. I told it to him off the, the radio. And then he would tell the story, so it would just be a messed up story, basically. A fractured story. So so Frank Allen stole this idea of st- telling stories. Yes, he... No, I, I didn't come up with the idea of telling stories. I told it to a, a dumb cat, and then the dumb cat told the story, and that's what's funny is the mistranslation of the story. You're, you're missing the point of a lot of my shows. I don't li- I'm sorry, I don't listen to him trying to get them from you. So it's, it's, it's telling a story and not really understanding it. So he, 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 he told them to a cat, too? No, he told them to a... a, a a charming uh, young boy. Oh, what was that called? Well, that was well, that was uh, Jerry's stories. <laughs> Jerry's stories, right? Um, Have you heard that? Well, you see what you've seen his show, and you don't want to listen to mine. I I saw it once or twice. That, well, okay, that was my idea because he was a charming. I mean, he was a boy, and he's you know he's. He's mentally handicapped. Right. He's, he's kind of retarded. Yeah, well, okay, you're not supposed to say that. He, but he, he tells, the, and so he doesn't understand the story. Kate, I mean, Scape is just dumb. But this kid, it's like, it's, it's exploitive. It's not, it's not right. But whether it's right or not, he still stole the idea from me. But he's not really smarter than Scape. Well, no, he's not really smarter than Scape. I mean, he's a little, I mean, he, no, probably not. So, what's the matter? What do you, no, I'm saying it was my idea. Oh, yeah, it was stolen, right. So he totally stole all these ideas. Yes. And you, we established you did them in the past. Yes, that's what I'm, yes. And he did them afterwards. Right. And they were your ideas. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. Sounds good. So, so that's why I'm trying, that's why I'm suing him. Yeah. And he should, well, I agree. Your Honor, ladies and gentlemen that are watching, that are not in the jury because we don't have one, just so you know what I'm telling the judge. He should get money. He came up with all this stuff. Frank Allen did similar things afterwards. Yes. All right. Well, let's let's move on to the cross-examination. Uh, oh, God. I'm closing my eyes again. <laughs> Uh, Barrett Millade cross-examined the witness. All right, uh, Mr. White. Yes. Well, I have a few questions for you. Okay. Now, you can't say you came up with all these ideas. I did. You say you did them in the past. I will probably do them in the future, too, but yes, I did do them in the past. Can you prove how far in the past? Yes. All right. Was it before or after you met Frank Allen? Well, some of them were before, some of them were after. Some of them were after. I met him, yes. Some of them he participated in. Now, before you do a thing, do you ever talk about it? Uh, yeah, of course. Do you think sometimes other people do, too? Talk about the things I do? Or the things they do? Sure, of course. So if Frank 
Callum was going to make a show, he might have talked about it. Okay, I see where you're going with this. Yes, but, again, if Frank Allen had always had plans to do those darn lesbian detectives, then why didn't he mention when he was acting in Decker and Hayes that it was awful similar to an idea he had? Well, that's a good question. See, I happen to have a tape provided to me by my uh, client. Okay. It's him telling you about the idea for those damn lesbian detectives. Okay, well, I don't remember that. Well, let's just listen to the tape. So here's the idea. Uh, there's a couple of detectives. They're also lesbians. Uh, and, uh, that's, that's, that's most of the idea. What do you think of that? I, I wasn't in that. There was no... I heard it just now. That was the first time I heard it. Have you ever forgotten anything? Not that I recall. So you don't recollect things when you forget them. So if you forgot this, you wouldn't remember it. But I do remember that I... that that didn't happen. You can't remember something not happened. Objection! He can... he can say he would have remembered it if it had happened. He didn't say that. Overrule. Let him continue. This podcast you do. Yes. Where you steal ideas from Frank Allen. That's not a podcast I do. I was trying to lead you into that and it didn't work. All right. This podcast you do. Yes. With all these shows similar to Frank Allen shows. The ones he ripped off from me? No. Then I don't know which one you're talking about. The only one I do is the one that's similar to the shows he ripped off from me. This podcast you do called Cast and Wax. Oh, that one, yes. That's my podcast. Now, have, uh, has this podcast ever been involved in crime? What do you mean by that? I mean violations of the law. I don't think the podcast has ever broken the law, as far as I'm aware. Has crime ever had to do with the podcast? Has, ever, has anyone ever heard the podcast and said, I think I'll go commit a crime? Yes. Frank Allen heard it and thought, I'm going to commit copyright fraud. Now, you read letters on the podcast every week, right? That was a, I just made a good point, and you're glossing over it. You said he was going to commit copyright fraud, but he didn't, so that was a bad point. He, well, okay, we'll find out. Aha! Now, these letters you read, yeah. what kind of things do they say? Oh, well, you know, different things. Uh, sometimes they say the show is great. Did you have any this week? Yeah, yeah, a couple. So, uh, let's hear what they said. I don't see the relevance of this. So what? Let's hear them. <sighs> Judge, do I have to do this as private emails that I well, was going to read on a podcast? But if they're so private, why were you going to put them on the internet? Yeah, well, because but they're not relevant to the case necessarily. Well, it might might give us an idea of where Frank got his idea for the bag o' mail that he has on his show. <laughs> I guess um, Bailiff, would you uh, read this first letter we got? Yeah, I uh, we do. Uh, so here we go, uh, dear Jordan. Hey, where's our money? We totally still have your friend kidnapped. She keeps saying, when are you going to send the bruisers their money so they can let me free? By the way, I am Cheryl saying this, the one you want to set free. So you should send us that millions of dollars or else, because your friend is still captured and we have her in our lair. Love the bruisers. All right, so this podcast causes your friends to get kidnapped. Okay, no, I don't know that that's true because we have still yet to decide if that's really Cheryl or not. So you're going to decide if it's really her, then see if you can save her. No, I mean, well, we're look, the, the police are on it. You know, they've been informed and they're trying to find her if it's really her. But the primary place they're sending their information about the uh, crime is your podcast. Where else are they going to send it? The police? The deals with crime? Maybe? Wait, are you, are you talking about the... The police force or the band? Well, the force. Does the band deal with crime? Yeah, yeah, they're vigilantes. That's who I'm talking about. They're on it. Oh, so you let vigilantes take care of these infractions of law, and it's a hotbed for criminals to congregate. Let's let's take a look at your next letter and see if there's anything to do with crime. Oh, I didn't... <sighs> Dear Mr. White, thanks for helping decipher what the mysterious message I found in Sally's room might have meant. The police keep saying things like, hmm, why does that guy know so much about what Girl Scout codes mean? It's pretty suspicious. Maybe he has to do with why you can't find your daughter. It's very suspicious. We should go to Queens and question or potentially arrest him. But anyway, hopefully you weren't the one 
who kidnapped her. Anyway, I wondered if you could help decipher a couple other things I found in Sally's room when I went looking through her old toys and dolls and spy equipment and things. One was another similar message that said Forest Hills Watch continuing, Gwendolyn meeting Mr. Chausable, Red Riding Hood in space operant, tag-along formula, MX-56-D23-Z approved deadly 20 minutes, Berman kidnapping face scheme to speed, remove Casey Bruiser's lair kill Percy. Obviously, that one was a little confusing. Plus, I found these strange episodes of radio shows. These I just completely can't figure out. I hope you can help. Thanks, Rochester Adams. And it looks like there was some links attached to this. I don't know. All right, and how do you explain that? I Okay, let's... I mean, I don't know. Let's parse it. Forest Hills Watch continuing it means that she's looking at me. There's a Girl Scout. She's following me and watching everything I do. Gwendolyn meeting Mr. Chausable. I don't know who that is. I those. Are, I, it's probably another Girl Scout. I don't know. Red Riding Hood. I, what is it? I, how am I supposed to know what this means? The only part I know is remove Casey Bruiser's lair, kill Percy. It sounds like they're going to, I don't know, kill the guy who supposedly kidnapped my friend Cheryl. But that's the Girl Scouts. That's not me. I have nothing to do with that. Doesn't that say in there that the Girl Scouts, that you probably know a lot about the Girl Scouts? No. And the police are going to investigate you? I don't know anything. Yes, it says the police, and this time it's talking about the police force, not the not the band. Now, um, Frank Allen does a show called uh, the Investigativa Variety Show. Yeah, I know. That's the one where, where he stole all of my shows. Where he solves crimes. Oh. You seem to have a show where people commit crimes. I, but that's not... I'm not telling... I tell them don't commit crimes. And this seems to suggest you associate with Girl Scouts. No. No. A Girl Scout is after me. I don't want her to be after me. I want her to leave me alone. So she approached you. She has not... Well, no. Not technically. I haven't... Se- I have never met her. But she's after you. It seems like it. And you haven't taken advantage of the situation at all. What are you... What are you suggesting? Well, I didn't suggest anything. I just asked if you'd taken advantage of the situation at all. What advantage? could I take? How is there an advantage to being chased by Girl Scouts? Well, you could use it as a plot for your exploitive program. Well, I mean, we talk about it on the program, but that's because we keep getting letters about it from her father, no less. You use this poor, bereaved father. Uh, no, I never said that. To read his letter on the air, to use it for a plot in your podcast. It's not a plot. It's a fact. You're using it as a plot in this case. That's just as bad. To prove that as an opposite of a crime-solving podcast, this is a crime-fostering gathering podcast. Yeah, but at least the people doing my podcast don't commit crimes uh, most of the time. Most of the time? Well, there, there's this... Uh, my, uh, my co-host went to jail one time, but it was not about copyright infringement. But it was for a crime. It, well, yes, and he, well, actually, and he also has had some, a lot of financial troubles, but it's not because of crime. What was it for? It was, well, because he, he hired a detective, and the detective sort of helped destroy Japan. Would you approve of something like that? No, and I didn't. I mean, I told him to, I approve of him hiring the detective. We thought we were finding Frank Allen. We thought he was in danger. He was a friend of mine back then. So, your podcast caused Japan to be destroyed? Uh, no, but that, no, Rolodoto Doto is the one who destroyed Japan. With assistance from your podcast. We didn't assist. We just got charged for it, and we... And convicted. Him, well, he didn't get convicted. No, he didn't go to jail for that. He went to jail for perjury. When did he commit perjury? That was years ago, like a hundred episodes ago. So, you been committing crimes a long time. No, I, I didn't commit any crimes. This was... I mean, you, you can have him on... Oh, you probably are going to have him on. Damn it. Listen, there are four people on this podcast. One of them's not subject to human laws, as we've established. One of them went to jail for perjury. One of them ha- has stolen lots of ideas for shows. The other one is me. So I'm the honest one. I don't think I've ever done anything illegal on the show that I can recall. You never, for instance, plotted to blow up the world. 
Okay, that... No, that's... I know what I did was lie about blowing up the world. You'll find. I said that I was going to blow up the world, but it was a lie. So you threatened the lives of everyone in the world? No, I lied about threatening the lives of everyone in the world. So you said you were going to destroy the life of everyone in the world? Well, yeah, that's... Yeah, that was the lie I was telling. Now, as a lawyer, which I totally am... Right. I know publicly saying you were going to kill someone is a death threat. Okay. Which constitutes a crime. Uh, Is it really? But what? it was a comedy bit. What if it was a comedy bit? There is nothing in the law pertaining to comedy bits. Right. So maybe it was just a comedy bit. There's nothing to provide for comedy bits being allowed in the law. Oh, I thought you meant anything that you do in a comedy bit is allowed by the law. No, I don't. Oh. Your Honor, let the record show he's admitted to threatening the lives of everyone on Earth. That's complicated, Your Honor. Well... Object for me. Objection. He didn't threaten the lives of everyone individually. It was a... um, What was it? I was saying I was going to blow up the entire planet if everyone was bad. But it was just a way to get everybody to be good. Isn't that a good thing? Objection, Your Honor. The ends justify the means. Oh, I didn't... What, do they not justify the means? No, just... Uh, let's keep going. Okay, so that's that's your let's let's move past that. Any other crimes you can think of committing? I didn't. I don't. I'm not a criminal. Like maybe uh, threatening a revolution. I did not threaten a revolution. Advocating a revolution? Well, is revolution against the law? Oh, that's like treason, isn't it? No, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Then what exactly did you do? I I I thought there was a revolution. What did you say about it? That it was happening. But it wasn't. So, again, not true. If I'm not actually... If there's no revolution, then I'm not treasoning. So you might have, say, incited a riot. No, I didn't incite a riot. There was no riot. So you didn't actually say the revolution was good? I was under duress. Because uh, I thought there was a revolution happening, so... But look, I don't... Whether or not I was revolting at one point, which I'm not admitting that I was, that doesn't change the fact that Frank Allen stole my shows. Well, we're just trying to establish one show as a hotbed of crime and the other one as not. The one where all the shows on the show were stolen is the hotbed of stolen crime. So we've got two similar shows, for instance. Yeah. Let's take... Educating Larry the Loser. Okay. And Lessons from the Life of Nathan Van Etten. Yes. Both very similar. Now, Frank Allen made this show 17 years ago and Wait, put it what, away in the vault. Uh, hang on, what? No, he didn't. No, he did not. Well, how do you know? Because he didn't. Because I know things. Well, how about this tape of Frank Allen made 17 years ago? What, what does it sound like? Well, it's uh, 1994, and I just uh, finished recording Educating Larry the Loser. I burned it onto a, uh, a DVD. And I'm going to play it on my Blu-ray player, I think. All right, let the record show. No, the record, he just said Blu-ray player. They didn't have Blu-ray players in 1994. Uh, I don't know, maybe you didn't have one. Well, I was only 14. Yeah, so how would you have a Blu-ray player? No, they didn't exist. Did you bring any kind of proof of that? The the world is proof of that. Okay, uh, Your Honor, you were alive then. Did you have a Blu-ray player? Uh, Well, I I don't watch a lot of movies. Um, I, I had a tape machine. Yeah, me too. Like yeah. videotapes. The point... Do you see where I'm going with this, Your you're, you're saying they didn't invent that yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, we'll have to look into when that came invented. It's kind of like a... Uh, same thing as a laser disc, I think. Well, they that. had laser discs back then, but not Blu-rays. Blu-rays are new. Well, that's not much of a distinction. That's a pretty big dis- dis- distinction. Maybe for a technif... Technology person, like well, you. Yeah, that's okay. But that uh, I'm an expert witness then, and I'll tell you this is not possible to be true. Objection! He's not an expert. Says you. I'm, I'm cross-examining. I can't object. I'm, yes, I can. Can I? Listen, I'm a lawyer. You have to ask the judge. I can't tell you if you can object during your own. Let's just continue with the case. Right. 
So, any more questions for your expert witness? No, just for you. Ah. You say that by doing a show about a loser who learns something, Frank Allen copied you. Yes. No, not me. These are my friends. But yes, they copied the show that we play. But then you said it was a common trope. Uh, that part was, yes. So how is it a copy? Beca- okay. Because like I said, it's a pattern. If there's a one-for-one copy similar show of every single show... Well, and as we've shown, there's actually not a one-to-one. There's like a one-to-five copy. Of every, you see what I'm saying? Everything we did, there's there's a there's a corresponding thing he did, or more. So because he uses a, has a lot of shows that have common tropes in them. No, they but they're they're also distinct. Remember, like Slam Jackson and 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 that other dude, Buster Kingston. Yeah. They're so similar because not only are they detectives, they're also detectives who are blasé. Remember blasé? Would you consider say Sherlock Holmes blasé? I mean, what's not in the same way? So what makes your shows unique? Because he doesn't care about the things that are... Like, there are these people jumping out at him, and he's like, oh, this again. Like that. Not literally like that. I mean, I can play it for you so you can hear what it's like. All right, let's hear this Buster Kingston. I mean, uh, Slam Jackson, and see how unique it is. Okay, okay, yeah, I, I, have a, I brought an episode, because uh, for some reason Rochester Adams sent us an episode, but we've got one. All right, let's hear it. Okay. Slam Jackson. Adventurist! Patrick J. McGuire. Season 2, Episode 5, The Trouble with Trolls. Our story opens upon a harbor that has absolutely nothing to do with our story, where our fearless hero, private investigator, and famed adventurist, Slam Jackson. Ahoy. Just said ahoy. Really? Yeah, I thought I'd try it out. You know, since it fits with the scenery and all. And just how did that work out, oh mighty manly mouthpiece of the multisyllabic greeting? Eh, it went alright. I don't think I'll try ahoy again. On general principle, I think multisyllabic greetings could work fine, though. Well then, alright. As I was saying, our fearless hero, private investigator, and famed adventurist, Slam Jackson was enjoying a much-needed day off. Hey, yeah, what are you doing here anyway? It's my day off. Are your days off so unworthy of narration, Slam Jackson? Does your wholesome, hale, and hearty lifestyle take a break when you wish it? Does the myriad of monstrous mortals moving more or less to your misfortune also take a day off at your leisure? Well, I guess not. Right. That's all? You're usually more long-winded than that. Narrators can't take days off, too. I suppose they can, but if you're taking the day off from narration, why did you go into such an alliterative rant about all of the people who wish to do me harm? I don't know! You realize that it would have been much easier if you just told me you had the day off too? I suppose so. However, how could your next nemesis manage to track you down if you were not distracted on your recreational retreat? My next nemesis? Who's chasing me now? Don't look now, but it appears to be... A troll! A troll? Look, narrator guy, I know that some people can be big and ugly, but that is no reason to call them trolls. Our hero reluctantly reawakens some time later, only to be greeted by the horrid smell of a dank, dark, troll-infested cave! How are you always awake before me? And why does my head hurt so much? You hit me? 
With a club. While that certainly does explain the headache, where are we? Your home. Okay, I guess that makes sense. Would you like to tell me why you've kidnapped me? What do you mean it wasn't a kidnapping? You hit me with a club. I'm glad you agree. So why am I here? You want to what? You know what? You don't need to repeat that. No, seriously, I don't want you to repeat that. Look, I'm sure you're a very attractive troll. I've never met another troll, so I can't tell from personal experience, but I'm into humans. I promise, it's nothing against you personally. Um, not to pry, but why are you trying to sleep with humans and not with other trolls? The Jamaican chicken jerk told you you were a pretty woman. Ma'am, I'm not sure how to tell you this, but he's called the Jamaican chicken jerk for a reason. He's a jerk. Yes, I think that that would be a decent explanation for why he stood you up. Um, no. I'm not going to sleep with you. Well, if it's for warmth. Will Slam Jackson sleep with the troll if it's just for warmth? Why is the Jamaican chicken jerk such a jerk? Why doesn't Slam ever get a day off? Why did I have so few lines this episode? Why were even fewer of them exemplars of alliterative artistry? Why am I asking so many questions? Why do I always wake up before Slam? Why didn't the troll try to sleep with me? Why do so many of the stream of never-ending nefarious nemesises... Nemesises... Nemesi? Not realize that I exist! How did Slam get away this time? And why am I still in this cave when he is not? Take your aspirin, ladies and gentlemen, to keep those heart palpitations down as you await the next episode of Slam Jackson! Adventurous! Alright, the uh, that episode featured uh, the narrator was Mickey Weichner, Slam Jackson was Jer Kunrat, and the troll was Patrick McGuire. Well, that was pretty good. Yes, I, they do a great job. Objection, that's not admissible. What? Why? I, well, I'm not a lawyer. That doesn't have a, that has a troll. Wait, how can you object? You're, you're, you're still cross-examining me. No, I'm your lawyer. Wait, why I'm are you objecting? Robot. That's my show. We wanted to... But he admitted it in evidence. He's trying to use it against you. Well, I guess, but how can you use it? Well, all right. Go ahead and object. That has a troll in it. You can't use that to prove that, that, that he stole from Buster Kingston. Well, that's right. We're not going to have to... We're not going to be able to use anything with a troll. Uh, uh, Mr. White, do you, do you have anything without a troll? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have, uh, Rochester Adams sent us an episode of The Diner as well for some reason. Is that like the eatery? It's exactly, yes. So you, wait, you've watched his show too? Well, I, I might have run across it. Well, you guys should really listen to my podcast. It's like all the good stuff from his show was stolen from my podcast. Well, let's, let's just hear it. All right. The Diner, created by Angela Timon. Episode 7, Jan Witch? By Angela Timon, Charles Berman, and Daniel Schwartz. It was good to have another girl at work who wasn't punching people in the throat, and that I could actually talk to, and wasn't Ruth. Jan and I got along fine the first week. The second week, however, I was scheduled to open. Aha! A customer. Um, no. I'm here to open. Ha! Too late! We are already open. Can I get you a table? 
How did you open? You don't know how to do anything. Except manage. Others. Jan was here, on time, to do the opening. No. I'm here. You scheduled me to open today. Ha ha ha! Don't be ridiculous, Jan. I would never schedule you for a time when I might be here. The schedule says Who do you trust? The schedule or your boss? Who is me? You could have told me it was changed. I could have. But I am not here to read you, baby Jan customer. I am here to entrepreneurize. That's not even a real word. Oh, I just added it to UrbanDictionary.com. Hi, Ruth. You've just wasted 2.4 seconds greeting someone who doesn't care. You are the least productive customer we have had today. I'm the only customer you have today. The sign on the door says we don't open for another half hour. This diner opens when the employee opens it, insolent customer. Other, later customers will be better. Morning to you all, early farms. The bird has come to peck at you. See? Him. There. Customer. Later. Better. Hey, sir. How can I help you today? Coffee. And the same for you, ma'am? Yes. Two coffees, then. Okay. go. Thank you. I sit here now. And for you, ma'am? Jan, I work here. Oh, you didn't have your apron on. Okay, I can see how that makes sense. I'll get back there. I'm sorry, miss. That area is for employees only. I work here! Oh, sorry. Conversation makes me forgetful. Morning, medium-built gentleman. How my fluids rise to greet you. You. Carter, hey. Hey, Jen. What's with that guy? He's a few pants short of a leg, if you know what I mean. No. No, I do not. I mean, is he crazy or just foreign? It could easily be both. You know who they remind me of? Norris and Batasha. Who? You know, from that old TV show, Goose and Earl. Oh, yeah, I see it now. So what's up? You're here early. I heard you were both working. I wanted to double my pleasure, double my fun. What? You know, a Janwich. A Jan Jam. That isn't my name. But that ruins everything. Oh, man, Carter, don't cry. It's so much easier to scream, Oh, Jans! than Jen, Jan, Jen, Jan, Jen! Look, this isn't funny, although I am glad I came first. Although, then it could be a Jen and Jan Jamboree. Yes! I'm glad keeping my name makes your threesome fantasies achievable. Well, look, I've seen her naked already. Wait, what? Lack of food, thank you, Thank goodness I'm in a cafe. Hey! Oh, hey. Can I get you something to eat? No food. Cafe. You. Sure, no problem. Happy to help. Wait, you've seen her naked? Hell yeah, wouldn't mind seeing it again. Were you and her intimate? Did you do it? Oh, no, we've never met. I thought you looked familiar. I am familiar. I would like to get more so. Time out. 
Under what circumstances does a person see another person naked, but there's no history of intimacy? Oh my god, you're a stripper! Yeah, at the Tawdry Club, Thursdays and Saturdays. The Tawdry Club? It used to be the Pussy Pantheon until the owner found Jesus. He didn't line up next to Bastet. Jen! Yeah? yeah? Not you. You. I need the pepper stacked. Stat! And Jan can arrange the customers by age. There are only two. Then it'll be done in no time. Okay, pepper shakers are over. Ah! Ow! Watch what you're doing! I was trying to stack the pepper! That's my job. You arrange the customers. He said Jan should do that. He meant you! No, he meant you. I'm Jan... I'm... I mean, I'm Jen... Watch your language, employee slash patron. I'm going to collect my paycheck. And leave. Yours are under the mangler. Pick them up whenever you wish. Now, Matthew, let us away! I will. Let us. Away. He writes a paycheck for himself? Look, all that nothing won't do itself. Well, he does have two bank accounts. I'll go check under the mangler. Hey, why isn't there a check for me? And two for Jan! Matthew must have done the payroll this week. Oh, for the love of- Jan, can you sign mine over to me? Not on your life. I worked hard for that money. No, I did! F*** you. F*** you! With pleasure. I finally got the money from Jan, but it was all in singles. Uh, that episode of The Diner uh, featured Old Jen was Julia Adams. Matthew Nichols' entrepreneur was Daniel Schwartz. Jen was Angela Schwartz. Ruth was Lisa Paquette. Norris was Charles Berman. Batasha was Julia Adams. Jan was Sarah Diaz. And Carter was Jack Coonrad. So that proves that the eatery was stolen from The Diner. Well, I, I mean, no, that proves what The Diner is like. Can, we should play an episode of The Eatery so that then people then people will see that it's clearly... Well, I mean, there's an episode of The Eatery that's exactly like that. No, no, we, we, we can't play an episode of The Eatery. It's copyrighted by well, Frank Allen. My, my show's copyrighted. Well, you just said we could play it. Well, then ask him to let us play it. Frank! What? Can we play The Eatery? No. I mean, well, if you, if you want to pay. I'm your lawyer. You pay me. Well, then you have to pay me to play my shows. All right, Mr. White. He's not letting us play it. But pl- pl- the plot of this is basically there's a girl working in a diner. Yeah. You, so that was your original story that was stolen? I Again, I didn't make this one. A friend of mine made this one. But yes, this is their original. I mean, obviously there have been things about diners before, but not like this one. Didn't you see? It was original and kooky. And just like the eatery that it was stolen from. No, 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 no. You've got it backwards. The diner was originally written years ago. But more years ago than the eatery? The eatery was originally written weeks ago. And how do you intend to prove that? Well, I'm not a lawyer. I have another tape. Oh, God. From 18 years ago. Yeah? Of Frank Out. Oh, this is going to be the number one idea I have in 1993. Absolutely the best idea I have in 1993. That's why I am, uh, you know, emailing it to myself on my Gmail account. Uh, but anyway, here's here's what I have to say. The eatery, it's uh, it's like a diner, but not just that. It's, you know, original and kooky. All right, proving. Let the record show. This is from 1993. No, because he said that's... They, and they didn't have Gmail in 1993. Does that mean he couldn't have written it then? Yes. That means he couldn't have recorded that tape then. So just because he recreated a tape, it means he didn't Wait, make it Wait, so then. he recreated... You object to this. Come on. Objection. Just because he recreated a tape means he can't have invented... Objection to the objection. Leading the lawyer. There's no... We already said there's no leading the lawyer. He was I, just leading the lawyer. They were clearly leading the lawyer. I mean that that's not a good judge. Well, I never run into 
lead and the lawyer before. Let's just forget all about this. Wait, no, we can't. Uh, but uh, he just admitted that he did the crime, my friend. Uh, Frank Allen, did you just admit you did the crime? No, that was a tape. There you go. All right, uh, it's all our questions I have for this witness. Uh, I have more to say. Objection. We should let him say what he has to say. Overruled. We've heard him talk enough. Now, uh... Mr. Roma, who would you like to call now? Well, I want to call uh, Rory Sinjin over Skype. You want to call him over what? Over Skype. It's a computer program. You can talk to people far away. Well, I, uh, it sounds like a phone. It's like a phone program, but you do it on a computer. So why, why, why do you need the computer involved? Well, I, I don't want to explain that now. We just want to put him on... You can have video, too. There's like a video and a phone, but I don't know if he has a, video, a webcam. But we should just put him on the line. To talk to him, because he's in English. Well, all right, as long as we can understand what he's saying. Mr. Uh, Mr. Sinjin? Uh, yes, hello, can you hear me? Yes. All right, uh, well, here he is. Uh, did you want to swear him in? You swear I'll I'll try not to swear I am... I can't put my hand on the Bible, is that all right? Well, the Bible's not there. Can he, can he just, like, put his hand on a, a an e-Bible? Well, I don't, I don't have an e-book of the Bible, I'm sorry. All right, have, have him... Uh, what if I just say, cross my heart? All right, well, we'll go with that. I cross my heart, yes. All right, uh, so, Rory Sinjin, you're on this podcast. Yes. You were there a long time. You you saw Jordan come up with this stuff a long time ago, right? Well, uh, some of it, yes. Some of it? No, I mean, I, some of it I saw. But you, you knew it was there for a long time? Yes. All right, let, let the record show. He came up with it a long time ago. Yes. I, and some of it I came up with. Like what? Well, this day in history and where are they now in history? Ah, so so this day in history and where are they now in history? What, what do you do in an episode of that? Well, in this day in history, we talk about an event that happened in history on this day. And what about where are they now? Oh, well, uh, you know, what happens is... In where are they now in history? We follow up on that event in history. All right, so let's see, let's hear that. Sure. Let's. I mean, let's let's get an idea of what it sounds like to, to prove to the audience. All right. Welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On October 3rd, 1995, at the end of a sensational trial, former football star O.J. Simpson is acquitted of the brutal 1994 double murder of his estranged wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and her friend, Ronald Goldman. Let's hear what he said. Juice always wins! Your Honor, Your Honor, I would like to point out that Mr. Simpson just said juice, and I would like to inquire into his actual name. Mr. Simpson, what is your real first name? O. Sustained. I... Oh, his name is not O. Can I see your papers, Sustained. Sir? Keep going. I would like to move that we have some identification from Mr. Simpson clarifying his first name. Sounds good. Mr. Simpson. Here. Let me see this. Hmm... The United State of Azerbaijan, next to New Jersey. This doesn't strike me as a real place, Mr. Simpson. It also says you're a 47-year-old woman that's 4 foot 11. Hey, is that my ID? I will offer a reward for any information leading to uh, the capture of who planted the false ID on me. O.J. Simpson was, of course, later convicted and given the death penalty for passing false ID, uh, which is why it's advisable not to pass false ID. This is This Day in History on WHR, W. Binghamton. But order in the court. My name is Rory Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And a lot of people don't understand just how terrible a crime passing false identification is, or going by a fake name. Doing business under a name that is not actually your business. For example, if someone were to be a lawyer, let's say, and was practicing law under a name that was not their actual birth name without telling anyone that they had changed their name, perhaps because they would get into trials that were conflict of interest and they didn't want anyone to know they were 
conflict of interest, perhaps because, I don't know, they were identical twin brothers with the other lawyer. Ironically, that was what happened to O.J. Simpson. It came out much later, after he was executed, that his very effeminate-sounding lawyer was actually one of a pair of effeminate-sounding brothers, one of whom practiced law under his real name, and the other who practiced law under a fake name. Probably a woman name, because he seemed like a woman. But it wasn't, trust me. At any rate, the U.S. had to throw out the results of O.J.'s case, retry him again, but he was already dead, so they had to bring out his body and, you know, do a kind of a Weekend at Bernie's situation with it while it was being tried again. They found him guilty a second time, and they had to try to kill him twice, which is a very difficult situation. Thankfully, in our world, passing false ID is a much simpler, simpler situation. You can just arrest them. At any rate, my name is Rory Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. All right, so Frank Allen, you say copy this. Oh, yes. Uh, well, he does a thing called This Day in the Future. So he copied that idea of there being a day. No, no, the days that existed before I... I mean, and to be honest with you, uh, this day in history as a concept existed before I did mine. Uh, th- there are lots of websites that do it. There are lots of other radio shows that do it. But mine version was a little different because I was not talking about things that happened in this world. I was talking about things that happened in alternate realities. So while it starts with an event that happens in history, in our world, it becomes something unusual, as you heard, just in, the, in, the, in what we heard. It ends up as something that didn't quite exactly happen that way. And in this day in the future, it's the same thing. They, they take this date and then they make up something that happened in the future. Future. Just like I make up, well, I didn't make up, but I discover. I mean, I wouldn't call it making it up. So you, you, they took this idea of kind of making things up. And right, I mean, yes, except that's how he saw it. I never saw it as making things up. I saw it as discovering alternate reality. So you're not making things up, but he is. Well, he thinks that I'm making it up. So he thought he was ripping off my idea, even though I think it's a different idea. But it's, but the intent was to steal. So Frank Allen thought he was stealing from you. Yes. That's pretty bad. That's, so that's the intention of the crime. I think that still counts as a crime, right? No. Don't. It's like a um, conspiracy to commit theft. Well, maybe there's some world where that's a crime, but I don't, I'm not aware of that. There is a world where, actually, it is a crime and he goes to jail for the rest of his life. All right, and you were there and saw Jordan come up with this stuff in the past. Which stuff are we referring to? Yes. Fact or fiction, like Mother Epic Echoes, Guard Duty? I, yes, I, I was on, I was on, well, no. I was not on his radio show when he came up with Tractor Fiction. I think Frank was actually on the radio show before I was. Oh, but you were there when he came up with a lot of it. Yes, a number of the things, yes. Epic Echoes, uh, Guard Duty, things like that, yes. And all, and all the things on the podcast, you know. And all the people in Binghamton who send those to us, those are, those are separate people, but I've talked to them as well, and uh, they're not the type to steal shows like Frank is. You know? And that was way back in the past. Relative to... Yesterday, for example. But before Frank Allen came up with this. Yes, show. absolutely before that. And you're totally cool with Frank Allen, right? You don't have any reasons well, to... Well, no, I... I mean, no, I hate him with every fiber of my being. Because he's such a thief, right? Well, that enters into it, of course, yeah. Great. There we go. That's, that's all the questions I have. All right, well, why don't we let, uh... Mr. Malay asked some questions. All right, uh, Rory Sinjin. Yes. Few things to get into. Right. You've been convicted of perjury before. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a matter of public record, I suppose, so yes. Now, uh, when you perjured, you were not telling the truth in a courtroom. No, I was actually telling it, I mean, no, I was absolutely telling the truth as I saw it when I said the things I said. Perhaps I was telling the truth in a way so as to, you know, mislead. Slightly. Slightly. Which is what they decide. Is that the sort of thing you do again? No, I would not do that again. So, for example, now, I'm not doing that. But you continue to practice extra history. Yes. So you say things that happened all the time that didn't happen in this universe. Well, but they know they happened in other universes, of course. How are they supposed to know? I said so. I said, remember a moment ago when I said there is a world? That's how I typically start my readings. There is a world. Where? So, so there is a world where... Did you say that in that episode of This Day in History? No. Or did you just say, in this day in history, this happened? Okay, no. Oh, on this day in history, I don't say that so much, no. But when I do my private reading... So in private, you yes. disclaim it, but not in public. Right. 
Well, you make it sound worse than it is when you say it that way. Well, I'll take your word for that. Not. Um, wait, why did you say not at the end? Because I will actually not take your word for that. It's actually, that's the way it is. You're just lying to people. No, no, I don't lie to anyone. I tell the truth as I see it. In another world that's different than this one. No, I see it from this world, but it's just the truth that I'm... The, the matters I'm referring to are often... Which has been proved to be perjury in court. Uh, no, it was proved that... Well... First of all, whether it's perjury or not, doing it in my private life has nothing... I can, you're allowed to lie in your private life. And do you have any reason to hold a grudge against Frank Allen? Well, yes. Like what? He's a terrible human being. For what? Well, he stole my show, for example. Now, this, um, destruction of Japan, did you have any ill consequences from that? Yes, of course. I was searching for Frank Allen, who I hate, and then I have to declare bankruptcy because I have to reconstruct Japan. I don't have that kind of money, and now I don't have any kind of money because it all went to that. So Frank Allen has a lot of money. Yes. And you don't. Well, yes, unfortunately, yes. You have about as much money as a poor person. Right, which he used to be, by the way. That's irrelevant. I let him sleep in my home when I hated his guts. For free. So you already hated his guts. Well, yes, of course. He, look, he's reprehensible. One time, he got free crackers when I was supposed to get free crackers. So he got free crackers. Yes. And that's why you hate him. No, that's just part of it. All right, so you already are predisposed unnaturally against Frank Allen. No, I think it's quite natural. Anyone who knows him probably hates him. I know him. I don't know him. Well, that's nice of you. He's paying you money. Yes. That's different. You used to have lots of money. Now you don't. Right. Frank Allen does. Okay. You wish you had it. Right. And your good friend Jordan is now suing him for money. Yes. I'm, I'm suing a little bit as well. I'm involved in the suit. So perhaps you're just suing him to try and make some of this money that you need. Well, no, I mean, to be honest with you, if, if I get any of the money, they're probably just going to take it and give it to Japan. So it doesn't really make a difference either way. But he did steal my idea, and I care about that. Ah, but you know what that means, Judge? If you award any money to me, it goes to charity, really. So deciding in favor of us helps the country of Japan. And I think we've all think they deserve help, don't you? Objection. That's bad for the U.S. economy. You, you, you're not allowed to object. You, you're, you're doing the examination. Uh, it's, well, it's still bad for the U.S. economy, witness. Well, I'm not a U.S. citizen, so... Well, there we have it. Not a U.S. citizen. Frank Allen, a good American, had this idea, and this non-U.S. citizen started using it. No further questions. All right, Your Honor, the prosecution rests. All right, well, while you rest, let's see if the defense has anyone to call. I'd like to call to the stand, Frank Allen. Hello, yes, it's good to be here, thank you. Uh, anybody who wants autographs after the trial, I'd be happy to provide. All right, uh, swear them in. Yeah, I do. I do tell the truth, uh, always, so... All right, Frank Allen. Yes? You've got a lot of very original, interesting shows on your on your program. Thank you so much. It's it's always nice to talk to a fan. Objection, that's a matter of opinion. But it's nice to talk to a fan? I, I really believe it. Well, let's just, just move ahead with this. He thinks they're interested and he's a fan. Fine. All right. When did you come up with the ideas for Bright Batch, um, Debate Room, Buster Kingston, all these shows? When, when did you come up with these ideas? Anywhere from 25 to 16 years ago. So well before Jordan D. White started using them. Well before, absolutely. Uh, Jordan, uh, I think Jordan snooped through my files or something, because, yeah, his ideas were always pretty similar to things I had come up with. And uh, where did you keep these files? Uh, in a box. Was it locked? No. I trusted people back then. So he had easy access? Yeah, absolutely. Now, Jordan D. White says these are based on common tropes. I came up with these ideas. Uh, any common tropes that they share with his are totally a coincidence, or he stole them from me. Uh, whichever one is more reasonable sounding. And you uh, have lots of different versions, for instance, of spy shows, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Love spies. Especially mother spies. Or father spies. Or kid spies. What got you into that line of creative reason? My father was a spy, I think. Uh, sounds good to me. No further questions. Thank you, uh, Barrett. All right, and Mr. Romer? Okay, Frank Allen. That's me. When you came up with these ideas, so-called in the past, you mentioned a Blu-ray player and a DVD player 
and email. Uh, yeah. Yeah, is that... Yeah, why? Did you know those were only invented in the last few years? Um, I remember hearing rumors about that. You know what it is? Uh, I came up with those too. Just, I came up with them a long time ago again. Uh, I, people, I, but I left all my ideas in this box, and it wasn't locked. So I think somebody came in and was like, Blue Ray, what is that? And they probably took it. Oh, well, so you're a pretty creative guy. I am, I, I am a pretty creative guy. So creative, let's hear you uh, sing a song. Prove it. Why, uh... What do you, I don't I don't have an instrument with me. Well, uh, would Jordan let you borrow his ukulele? Yeah, yeah. Here you go, Frank. Here you go. Oh, um. Well, I don't. I don't play the ukulele. I mean, I I can try. I'll try. This is Frank Allen. Well, it's not. This is not working as well as I hoped. This is. This is Frank Allen playing for you. No, I... All right, let the record show he's not very creative. But I, I just, I don't play the ukulele. That's just one thing I don't do. All right, well, let's let's prove it in your home territory. Why don't you come up with a show right now? All right, sure. Uh, I, that that I do all the time. What if we did a show where, uh, uh let's say uh, a show where there's like two guys who are friends, and uh, one of them, and one of them comes home and he's like. I bought this this thing, and I had to kill a dude, and then the police are showing up, and, like, it gets really crazy from there. Like, they, they gas, the police gas them, and then, it, like, it gets really weird, and uh, the next episode is even weirder. There's, like, fake police, and then there's, like, a narrator, a girl who can know everything. What about that? So it's just really weird. Yeah, but, I mean, but that's, like, I got, I mean, it starts out with those specific ideas. Like, there's two friends, right? And one of them, buy, like, buys something, like... Something that's like a like I don't know illegal or not good, like in a like a strip club. What about that? All right, sure. Uh, you weren't supposed to be able to come up with it. Uh, if you had come up with this show with a show while you were on the podcast, would you have given it to Jordan? What do you mean by giving it? Would you would you have told him the idea so he could put it on the podcast? Would you have mentioned an idea to Jordan if you came up with one while you were doing the podcast? Oh sure. I mean, I was very free with my ideas. I would just say, hey, you know, this is what I thought of. Because again, we were I thought we were friends. You know, so. so he just used all of your ideas. Yeah. And, and and then you later tried to use them yourself, and it looked like you stole them. Right. So why did you sit on your ideas for so long, 30, 40 years? Sometimes ideas need to gestate, man. You know, like you, you have an idea, you're like, it's not quite ripe yet. So is there anything, an example of something you made before Frank Allen's investigative variety show? Something you did? Well, I, I, I used to have a lot of tapes. Of what? Shows I used to do, but I lost them. When I was homeless. So there's no evidence you ever made anything creative until after you met the people on this podcast. No, every, listen, every single tape that I had from back in the past is gone. Because I, like I said, I lost my home. So that's got to earn me some sympathy. Well, Frank, I think you'll be pleased to learn we have found the largest collection of your tapes. Uh, Oh, why did you, you didn't want to tell me that before we started the trial, or? We just got in touch with him today. Yeah, but I still, I wish you had... Why do you have to tell me now in the middle of the case? Because that's So not... we can pre- present the evidence of all these shows you had in your tapes. Okay. Well, fine. Good. Good. I will... Can I have them back? Sure. I mean, uh, he, he said he's willing to make copies for you. No, I want the originals. I have a magnet. I like a magnet? To keep them near. No, it just is a thing. Don't worry about it. Do we have to... Okay. There he is. Hi, Hank. Um, how's it... How's <laughs> <laughs> you're, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> you're Frank Allen. All right, I guess, uh, so are you done with me? Can I, can I go sit down in my 
chair. Yeah, uh, we rest with him. All right. We'd like to call uh, Mr. Hank Fountain. Uh, I don't know what that was, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So you, uh, you really like Frank Allen, huh? Oh, God, yeah, he's, uh... One of the people I'm the biggest... I mean, I'm the biggest fan of one of him. I... Oh, he's right in the room. I'm gonna close my eyes like that guy did. Uh, he... I'm one of his biggest fan in the world. And that's proven by the fact that I have almost all of his tapes in my collection. So you have the, for example... The, the origin of something like uh, Educating Larry the Loser He came up with Oh yeah he, That was probably Because he said he went to, to high school with him So it was probably based on When they were in high school together That um, he probably knew Nathan Van Etten in high school And then you know uh, He made a show based on the Nathan Van Etten You know Because they went to school together So uh, he probably You know Made Larry the Loser based on that Right right So uh, he probably has all these old shows and the tapes. Uh, why, why don't we uh, Why don't we play one of the tapes right now with uh, Frank Allen coming up with a show like um, My Mother the Spy or something like that? Let's 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 play, let's play a tape with him coming up with the show. Ah, uh, oh God! So thank you for listening. Well, you know me. Thank me for listening. Uh, this is the point at which I would like to have a show. Like if I could play a show, like like a show that had an idea to it. Like what if there was a what if I what if I could come up with a show? That would be good. Well, what does that what does that say to you, Hank? Well, that that's him. I mean, that's that's Hank right on there, saying he wants to have a show. And clearly, that show was going to be one of these shows that we listen to on Frank Allen's Investigative Variety Show every week. Clearly, that shows he was looking for shows. Uh, let's let's go to another one of the tapes. Let's see if there's anything specific on there about a show. Oh, I've got a letter here. Let's see what it has to say. Uh, dear Mr. Allen, you are behind in your electric bill $273.26 so that's an interesting fan letter um, hopefully we will hear from them again next week uh, but hopefully we will continue getting electricity thank you very much electric company we love you and uh, I'm sure someday we'll have like an idea for something that will make us some money or maybe we'll hear an idea from someone else that can make us some money <laughs> basically anything to make money is what I'm looking for here all right, so, uh, Hank, what does that prove to you? Well, that, that proves that, first of all, he's, Jordan stole the letters idea right from Frank of reading letters because he was getting all these things, and he really stuck it to the power company there for saying he owed all this money. Like, they didn't even prove that. So that was the start, so that was the start of the investigations. Like, why are they saying I owe $270? Bam! We love you, power company. That was what that was. But clearly he was reading letters like Jordan does on the show. I think you should object. Uh, uh, objection. Uh, he, that doesn't prove anything. Lots of people read letters. In fact, that's what letters are for. Well, that is what letters are for. It doesn't prove he didn't steal it. It doesn't prove he did. Hmm. All right. Well, leave on the record that he read a letter. But don't write that it proves Jordan D. White stole the idea of reading letters. Because I myself have been reading my letters a long time. All right, uh, Hank, is there any other tape you think proves any of these specific ideas Frank had a long time ago? Well, you have to give to read between the lines a little bit. Um, here, here's one where he talks about finding something out. And that's where Buster Kingston comes from. I don't know. 
I don't know what they're trying to do to me. I don't know. I, I didn't kill that man. I did not kill him. I don't know why they're trying to frame me. But all I can say is this Slam Jackson guy, if he if he ever crosses my path again, I am going to take him out. Because, you know, I this guy this guy is this guy is disreputable. And now here I am. I am on the run. All I have is my tape player. All I got is this. I'm here. I, I'm hitchhiking across. I mean, what am I going to do? This is ridiculous. I, I, this, this private investigator, this, you know, this, this, this stupid deadpan detective is after me, and I, there's nothing I can do. There, there, and he says deadpan detective in it, and he sounds exactly like a villain on Buster Kingston. So that was where it came from. He's doing a character impression. Well, it sounds like that just about proves he's come up with these ideas long in the past when he was making these tapes. Um, the, uh, defense rests. All right, and did you, uh, want to, uh, cross-examine him, Mr. Roma? No, I just said I rested. No, I was talking to Mr. Roma. No, I mean, I didn't mean to answer. My name's, um, not Roma. I mean, right now it's not Roma. Okay. Why, why did you answer? Because I sometimes like to call myself different names, but not during the trial. Okay, well, Mr. Roma... Did you want to ask any questions? Uh, yes. Yes. Um, well, did you, um, you, you found these tapes. Did you ever, in these tapes, hear him mention the name Buster Kingston? Or werewolf hunters? Or spy shows? Or anything specific? Other than very general things like reading letters or running away from people? Um, uh, Frank Allen is not a unsubtle person. He comes up with things, and they're really full of subtlety. You have to read between the lines. He's very literary. So, no. All right. And was that last tape, uh, was that from 1993 or 1992? When was that from? Oh, well, that's just in my collection. It's not very organized, you know. It just could have been from, from, any, from any time. So it's not very organized. Why, does there, why is there one shelf that says January 1992? The next one says February 1992, first half, etc. Well, that's just, it's a decoration, you know, um, because it looks good because I like to put numbers on things. So why is this tape labeled Frank Allen on the run, post-cast in wax? That's, uh, that's a a part of the decoration. That's actually a Hindu sign that looks like English writing. All right, Uh, the prosecution rests. Sounds like we have a lot of evidence for Mr. White being, uh, Fosterer of criminals in many ways. Uh, he objects. All right, what is it, Mr. White? Make it quick. My lawyer objects. Oh, yeah, yeah, I object. Uh, we were this, that's not what this trial's about. Okay, yeah, true. Well, I, but this is just my preamble. I'm just, you know, getting to the point here. He, he might be a fosterer of criminals, but that don't mean that he stole these shows. We still object. That's not... We're, we're saying he stole the shows. Sure, well, it don't mean that either. Yeah, we do object. Here's what I'm saying. We don't know that you stole them, and if, if we did know that you stole them, that would mean that he didn't steal them. And we don't know that. But we also don't know for sure that he stole them, or didn't steal them. I do. Well, sure. Sure, if you know the truth, then you do know them. But we've had a preponderance of evidence you both have similar shows. So, I think in the interests of being equitable and fair to all parties... Since you both have similar shows, and since both the prosecution team of Mr. Roma and the defense team of Mr. Millet, who is definitely a lawyer, neither really established at what time either of these people came up with their shows. So as my sentence, I'm going to award $2 million out of Frank Allen's fortune to go towards the 
Japan Reconstruction Fund, and $1 million to go towards the Extra History Promotion Grant. What? Why? Well, that's the Rory Sinjin portion. The, those are both Rory Sinjin. Well, no, one is to save Japan. We had a, somebody mention in a charity. <sighs> and as for you two, Mr. Allen and Mr. White, decided to do something fair for both of you that'll help improve both of your shows. Mr. Allen, you have to appear on every episode of this podcast. And Mr. White, you have to appear on every episode of Frank Allen's Investigativa Variety. What? That's totally not fair! I think that is ridiculous. Order. Order. This is a court of law, and that's what the law says. Or, well, I just made that law. But that's what I say, and I'm a judge. Totally more powerful than a lawyer. Mr. White, if you made up all the shows on Frank Allen's Investigative Variety, then you want to take credit for them. Well, is he going to let me say that I made them all up? Well, he better. Otherwise, he's not a very good host. And Mr. Allen, likewise, you probably want to take credit for Mr. White's shows. Well, not really. They're not that good. Well, sometimes we have to do things in life that we don't want to do. That's what you two are going to have to learn how to do. Oh, God. So let it be written, so let it be done. All rise, Honorable Judge Tobacco, leaving the courtroom. Court dismissed. Why? This is a disaster. Well, he didn't say you were guilty. I, I wasn't on trial. He was on trial. Now he has to be on my show. I hate this dude. You put him on your show before. Yeah, but I didn't realize how scumbaggy he was. And yeah, maybe we can appeal. Maybe, but I doubt it. Well, hey, he didn't manage to prove anything against you, and he had a lot of evidence. Oh, Jesus. Oh God, here he comes. Oh, hey, bro. Hey, Matthew. Matt, see ya. Bye, guys. Did you know that was my brother? Yeah. Oh, look, it's uh, Frank Allen. Hello, Jordan. How are you? I'm f- I'm fine. I'm I'm not fine. I don't want you on my show. I don't want you on my show. And wait, how? What am I supposed to do? Go to Italy to be on your stupid show? I have to go to New York to go on yours. Yeah, New York rules. Italy's pretty nice, actually. I Well, I've never been there, and I'm sure it's nice, but that, I have a life. I have a job. I have a job. Your job is making stupid shows. You make stupid shows in your, you know, pastime. What, what, what are you trying to say? I don't like this ruling. I don't like this ruling. Well, damn it. This is a terrible outcome. I agree. At least we agree on one thing. Yeah, that we don't want to be around each other. We have to. Look, I just talked to the other lawyer. We both agree you should both appeal. Well, the problem is I don't get any money for this. I have to pay you. You'll make it back after the appeal. No, I because I didn't I didn't file with the copyright office. Oh, well, why, why, would, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, that was really stupid. I did. Yeah, but you filed, with, but that's why it's copyright fraud. Oh, God damn it. You know what? Forget it. I'm just going to go... Wait, wait, Jordan. What? You should cheer everyone up with a song. A song? What kind of song? Something bright and cheerful. Maybe a cover of something to brighten everybody's day. What? I mean, what, what do you feel like doing right now? I don't know. I'm in a bad mood. Nothing. Think, just think of something that cheers you up when you're in a bad mood and sing a song. <sighs> Fine. Hey, baby. Girl, when I think about you, I only think of one thing. I only think of one thing. I lock my door. Down on the floor and I rub one out. I sit back in my chair like I just don't care and I rub one out. When I'm feeling lonely and I want you to hold me, I rub one out. Oh, rub one out. Hey, don't be shy. Rub one 
and you're on the phone around the one hour. When I'm feeling hot, woo, and I'm all in a nap around the one hour. Baby, don't be shy, don't ask why around the one hour. Yeah, around one hour, babe, don't be shy. Leave a message on my machine, something warm and sexy. I'll rub one out, cause that's the way that it affects me. It's not enough, kissing and stuff, so I rub one out. When you're not here, and I want you near, I rub one out. Oh, I'll rub one out, girl, don't be shy.